This podcast is sponsored by CDO Group, the industry leader providing a full range of construction and project management services. CDO Group has managed thousands of projects in all 50 states. Their group of experts provide systems, processes, and procedures to make sure that your projects turn over on time and on budget every single time. With over 24 years of experience, CDO Group is the industry's leader in construction management and general contracting services. To find them, go to cdogroup.com. Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. If you like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Hi, welcome to the Future of Development Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montategi, and are you tired of not knowing what's going on in your job sites? Well, today I've got Kieran Brennan. He's from LiveCost, and he's about to show you what every job site costs instantaneously. Karen, welcome to the show. Excited about having you on. You know, uh, anytime we get into more technology, it's always exciting. So uh, welcome to the show. I think thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. I, I know that you do a podcast. Uh, what's the name of your podcast? Yeah, we're, we hosted the Time and Materials uh, podcast. It's powered by livecast.com. That's awesome. You, you know, the uh, uh, when I got into a pre-show with you and start to really understand what uh, you know what you guys do, and with live cost, it's it's amazing. You know, as an entrepreneur and a construction uh, company owner, you know, trying to you know, there's always this break between our job sites, you know, our estimate team, and then our operations team, and then you know, knowing where we are at any given time. So uh, when I found out about your software, I started getting real excited about it. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's um, I suppose the the problem we solve for those that don't know about live costs is that it is that it's it's that connection between we've got a really great estimating team and we've got a really great financial team, and our project managers and um, whoever's live on the job site are trying to manage the chaos as we call it in the middle. Uh, we essentially connect that together so everybody can have one clean view of exactly how the company's performing, and we give them that information in real time. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I I thought you're from Texas, but I'm just guessing by your accent. You're just you're not from Texas. Not from Texas. No, no. I'm from a beautiful little island uh, on the Atlantic, called Ireland. Um, uh, and I've been I was born and reared here, but spent a, spent a, a good proportion of my life out of here um, in a, in a, in Australia. So um, Irish. I'm back here now because I decided that it was a good place to bring the kids back to. Uh, so yeah, I'm based out of Dublin, Ireland. Nice. It's beautiful. You know, uh, uh, so how did you get, how did you get into this? Right. I, I mean, how did you decide I'm going to start working on a uh, software, you know, for the construction world? Yeah. Uh, well, if, if I go right back in, my family is completely embedded in construction. Um, you know, everything we know about, like if we go right back as far as we could go on the family tree, it's construction, it's carpenters, it's builders. Uh, so there was no other path. And um, I was essentially told what I was going to do. Um, I was going to be in construction. Uh, but I, uh, I qualified and the, the global financial crash hit. And like a lot of Irish people, because we're such a small Ireland, island, um, it was where, where am I going to go? And, you know, it was very close to moving to Boston at that stage. I had, you know, getting the visa is, is can be an issue for Irish, Irish people. Um, so Boston wasn't... Uh, a great option for me. London is, you know, 
30 minutes on a flight. That was a pretty solid option. But I was young and I wanted a bit more of an adventure. So uh, Sydney, Sydney, Australia was a decision. Um, let's go as far away as I can from, from this financial crash. Um, let's get away from it all together. So I spent uh, nine years in Australia. It's nine great years in Australia. Um, and I started to climb the construction ladder, so to speak. So from carpenter to project manager, eventually then really started to understand that you know, this really wasn't for me. Um, I was more interested in the business dynamics. So I started to open up my own construction companies. A um, couple of failures there, one really good one. Um, and that opened me up into the, the idea of, you know, what could I do next that could, you know, impact not just construction projects at a city level or national level, but at a global level. And that's where I got introduced to tech. Well, I think I think that's something that's really interesting you said. So I say this for the young, uh, you know, startup guy, you know, the young young guy coming out of college or not going to college or, or interested in construction is that really some of the best learning I've ever had were some of the business failures that I've done, right? Some of the places where I tried, I took a start at something, realized ah, I wasn't organized very well, or or I, I tried and uh, you know I, I, when I was young I started a company called Image Painting, and I realized I hated painting. Right, I was like, oh yeah, like I can do this. I had a, a painting company. I was the worst painter that worked for for the company. Right, and, and uh, uh, but I learned how to sell. Right, I learned how to sell and organize teams and learn how to how to do that. And you know, through that, uh, yeah, other companies. So learning uh, through some of those failures. Uh, you know, they're always, when I look back, I, I can see them as the great steps that I took to get to, you know, the companies that we have today. Uh, but it, it was hard at the time when you're like, ah, you know, this is so frustrating uh, to go through this and it really does make, uh, make, make it tough. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. I think that's uh, for the young entrepreneur that's out there or for the, for the young guys that's starting or young ladies just starting in the business, you know, some of those failures are the, the stepping stones to get you to the, to the next level of where you really get to learn something, something new. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we ever have it figured out. I mean, in my opinion, we're all students of the game. We'll always be students of the game because once you arrive at a, at a position, you're then a student of how you get to the next position. So for example, you know, we started this company with how can we build a product that we've never built before? How do we build technology using stuff like machine learning that we knew nothing about? So we needed to be a student of the game about how to build a tech product and get it into the hands of contractors. Phase one is achieved. Now, how do we scale it out into lots and lots of contractors? Now, how do we scale it internationally? And now we're at a position where we want to go, you know, globally. So it, it's always just the next challenge. It's always failures. You know, there won't be a day in, in this business, as you know, we say to the team all the time, fail. We have a culture here. You're free to fail. Absolutely free to fail. But just make sure you learn from it and, and move on. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's, um, there's ever a time where we say, okay, now I understand it. Now I, I'm fully a complete entrepreneur. I, I don't think it, it, it's out there. I think that's the poison, right? As soon as you say, I got this, you're, you're starting. That's the day where you know, either you're growing or you're dying. And I have, I've been doing this for long enough to know that, you know, it, I, I'm not asking for how to, how to, how to make life easier. How do I get stronger, right? How do I get stronger and accept that, you know, we're going to go every time I go through a failure, I get an opportunity to really, really try on another way of going. And that's, that's the ultimate secret. People ask me, what's the secret to being a successful entrepreneur? It's learning to chew glass and smile, right? And, and you're going through it every single day. <laughs> you're really chewing. Oh, and by the way, uh, I, I think someone said it, uh, walk over to the abyss and look over and realize, you know, you can fall in it, you know, just you have to keep working, right? So chewing glass and smiling uh, is, is part of being a, you know, a, a creator or an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
there's so much to like take from being kicked in the face every day. Um, and I think the job site prepares you well for that. Like, you know, job sites can be, uh, you know, especially when you're the business owner, you know, payment disputes, subcontractors not showing up, project delays. I think the DNA in there is that, you know, there's a lot of difficulty in running a good job site. And, you know, anyone listening to this with a contracting background will understand that. So when you develop that into, into entrepreneur land where, you know, it's constant battles every day is, is a battle. But I think the key to it is, do you love it? Do you absolutely love it? And I think when you go home at nighttime and any rational thinking would say, what are you doing? Why are you, like, why are you doing this to yourself or to your family? And it makes no sense, but there's something in you. It's DNA, isn't it? You, you, yeah. you, you, you love it. No, no. It, I mean, I, I've got one son who, uh, no way, I'm not doing it. Another son that, that uh, is in the business and he's, he's learning and loving. And the, like you said, the job site is the best place. I mean, you get in the office later on, get to know that. But you know, when you know that we, if you want to know the DNA of this business, and everything you need to know happens on a job site. I mean, literally, everything you need to know to run the business later on happens. Learning how to how to bring people together, how to work together, how to think forward thinking, how to how to be organized, how to how to, how to keep the place looking, and all of the aspects of. It. So when someone shows up there, it looks like a professional outfit. All those same aspects happen when you get in the office and start running the company, right? It's got to have people work together. The place has got to look professional, right? You got to be forward thinking. All those things that you learn while working on a job site every single day that sometimes you don't feel like you're like, I'm tired, I'm dirty, it's cold, you know, uh, it's hot. Uh, you know, all the things that you face when you're there, if you can't do it there, yeah, forget it when you get in, when you get into the office because you won't you won't see the same thing and you need that same grit to get up every day and grind grind through the days of of you know the failures the successes the days when you get pushed back the days when it rains and your schedule gets blown uh, same thing happens when you're you're taking a, a global software company so you started so you start you start to build the software now uh, give me where 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 did that uh, click really happen and yeah so where it would have started for us um, was when we sold the contracting company. So we, we decided to, to build our own tech system for our own company because we couldn't find anything off the shelf that you know a software company could sell us to fix the, a particular problem we had at the time, which was essentially cost-based. So we, we built a system for ourselves, for our own company, and we sold that company. And then we realized that everything that the value that was in that company was based on the system that we handed over. So we didn't hand over, um, you know, this is our company, we've got like, you know, X amount of monthly recurring revenue, we handed over a system where if you plug in projects leads to this system, we can, you know, essentially run them projects through the system and we can make sure that they manage well. And with that becomes a team. So that's what we sold, but it was the system that, that essentially was, was where the value was. What we were excited about is the fact that when we done a little bit of research to other contractors, we realized that not the systems weren't out there. So, you know, a lot of contractors were using an accounts package to fix financial problems for projects. So they were manipulating and twisting these accounts packages in a way to say, I'll run my projects through them and that will just be fine. And a lot of time it's not fine because accounting systems were not designed to do that. So you ended up with lots and lots of spreadsheets. So when we started to do the research, we realized 
Hey, tech construction technology is completely underserved. When we looked at it at a global level, we realized that it's the second least digitized market globally. Okay. And then there's a lot of money going in at VC level. So what does that say? It's about to be really digitized. So there's a lot of technology coming onto the market. There's a lot of really, really unique, uh, great products coming onto the market. And our stance was, well, if someone's going to do it, do it really, really well, they're going to have to come from industry because one thing you just touched on right there is the experience of working on the job site, right? You cannot, you could be the best technically gifted guy alongside the best entrepreneur from any other industry, put them together and they don't have the job site experience. They're going to struggle and they're going to have to put a lot of time into understanding what that, what that looks like. And you know, the shit that goes wrong on a day-to-day basis. And we've got a really deep understanding of that problem and the, 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 the guys that we serve on site. An example of that, our, our CTO is an absolute genius. He builds great technology. He's been around the block. He's worked for some great companies, been around startup for a long time. We were just describing the next iteration of products, and we basically give him our ideas on a whiteboard, and he takes them away and turns them in, into magic. But there was one, one particular pr- uh, issue where we're digging into to the procurement features that he just said, I just fully don't understand this. And his solution was to go and work on a job site. So he actually took some time out, went to work on the job site as a general labor, just so he could see it for himself. Now I get it. And he came back and he said, I get it. Now I see it. I've been there. I've touched it. I've felt it. Now I can build this product. Um, so I think that experience is, 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 is key to us. And I think it's something that we hold different uh, to other companies in the market is that just relationship we have with our customers. Well, I think having their looking across the table and knowing what they go through on a day-to-day basis brings depth and weight to the conversation that you carry with your software, right? Having that depth and weight uh, and having that inherent knowledge of what happens on, when I get a delivery, how do I account for that? How do I how do I know and look and check a product in? How do I know that that product is on this job site? How do I know that it matches what I purchased? How do I know that uh, as I use it, I need to account for where it's going? And being live and knowing, you know, being able to go, look, this is exactly what my accounting should be so that when at the end of the month comes, and I need to build a client, I know exactly what I've purchased, where it's at, and I can communicate that clearly uh, live to, to a group. And I think, uh, uh, you know, as, as you look at your software, it's amazing how uh, you guys have been able to capture that. You know, you hit on something I really love right now is that uh, no matter where you are in the world, what business you want to be in, construction is the business to be in, right? If you want to be in marketing, Right today, the most high-tech marketing is starting to happen here in construction. Right, we've taken what was archaic. There are people out there that are using podcasts and people that are using uh, a, a digital marketing and, and, and all kinds of digital media uh, to go out there and do some of the highest level of marketing in the industry. If you want to be in technology, construction is the sponge that has been dried up, waiting for you know. Now we have all this, all these technologies have grown in in the medical field, in the financial fields. Now all of them are are, are in the automotive fields. Now they're all getting applied back to this to construction, which is was kind of a, a lagging industry. And now if you no matter what, if you want to be in technology, construction is the place to be. It is it is the biggest industry in the world. Right, there is no bigger industry that you can get into, and it is at every corner of the planet. And if you can bring uh, technology to this field, it, it's the best time in the world to do that because it's so ripe for the plucking. You know, great companies like yourself are are are, are, are gobbling up market share. Uh, you know, faster than you can than you can pick it up. And I, I I see that with every conversation that I have is there your ability to grow. Uh, right now is the best time ever to be in technology and construction. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, it's a really unique space. It's a really interesting space. Uh, I mean, you know, some of the companies that we're looking at, that it's, I, see, I think one of the issues is that, you know, like us, we, we look at a particular problem and we say that's a, you know, what looks like from our R&D is that this is the biggest problem that we should solve. And that's, you know, construction companies just literally wanting to know that I've got enough uh what's going on in that project and give me that information in real time. Um, but then you get other yeah, companies that will solve it, a, a particular niche problem and another niche problem and another niche problem. And if we all in, end up in these silos, um, how are we going to connect these dots? Like, you know, a good example of that was, you know, Agora recently, California-based company, they raised 33 million of a Series B and they just fixed one issue, which is we're a procurement tool for electrical contractors. Okay, brilliant product you know massively backed huge amount of funding um you know but these companies are going to start appearing in these little niches so the opportunity is there like you know you find your problem you find your niche and it's absolutely there and the funding to support it is absolutely there i think that the opportunity it's almost better not to look at them right because if you looked at them you try to mimic them and copy them I, i feel like almost what you do when you're in your own little niche in your own little world your head's down and you're just and you're and you're making your product brilliant Right. If you look at the brands who who take their product and and make them the most brilliant deliverable they can make. I mean, you guys have a dashboard that's phenomenal, right? If you take that dashboard and it just continues to get easier and easier and clearer and clearer and to operate that, you know, no matter where you are, you're seeing your deliveries, your labor, you know, your your contracted costs, your 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 invoices, your you know your your quantity takeoffs. You know, be able to get, communicate that on the dashboard that you have, uh, you know, makes it so that's, that's your niche, right? You've got this communication tool that gives you a, a dashboard that's easy to operate, right? And then when it's easy to operate, people will get buy-in, right? And then as the team starts to use it in their day-to-day function, which ultimately, yeah, hey, well, somewhere you'll, you'll niche up with somebody else that's got another segment of the market type. Absolutely, right? How does your API and their API connect to each other? I think that's going to be something we continue to see happen, you know, and as we enter into the bigger conversations, things like the metaverse and, you know, global communication, uh, artificial intelligence, as it starts to really integrate into the system, your data, your data and your dashboards will be those integration tools that that may be a segment of it, but be a great segment of it. It's an interesting point. And one of the things that you touch on there is like a lot of these technologies have been deployed into other industries for a long time. Yeah. And construction has just been slow to, to adapt them. So for example, like we we worked with the National Digital Research Center here and they were able to show us, I'll give you one example, um, a company that was using a, a resume and they extracted the data off the resume because all these resumes came in in different formats and they just wanted an easy way to be able to format it to a structure that they understood. So we can today receive a thousand resumes, format that in a way that we want to see them so it extracts the data of the document so we can make quick decisions whether that passes to the next stage of the recruitment process we looked at that and straight away we looked looked and said would that be cool for invoices because we could extract the product code and then match it up to a database where we could see the price fluctuation and we said we should do that and we literally just took a piece of technology that was being deployed in another sector deployed it to technology to sorry to, to construction and our customers are like wow now we have pure real product code data that we can look at and analyze price fluctuations you know and all we're doing is really looking at smart innovative technology that's being used in other industries and now deploying that to construction you know i can squint my eyes 
and see how the next level of that up starts to be able to go to, uh, you know, be able to go and, and shop from that, right? Taking that historical data that you've known about the projects you have, that which sets a benchmark, right? And get costing benchmarks and looking at, and then going out to the, to the marketplace and going, all right, that's at least where I should start my conversation, right? And then I can look at market conditions and market availability and start to really uh, use a, a more rounded approach to the way we estimate. I mean, today uh, we've got some unit pricing and some, but it's not live, right? It's it's most of the data we get we get on an annual basis. Sometimes we get on a on a on a, on a twice a year basis, but it's still not live data that that that's real. And uh, we have to infill that time that uh, in between the time we get the new data uh, every every year for our means and ways books to uh, the time that we get you know, live numbers from, from, from our, uh, uh, suppliers. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we worked on something right on this particular, like the, the, the point that you've brought up there. So we deploy quite a lot in, into R and D and, you know, one of the touch points from our customers was exactly what you just pointed out. I, I love this at the invoice level. I'd love to go back a couple of steps where I'm putting my estimate together and, and have that data at that point in time, not when I've purchased the product, but actually when I'm making the purchasing decision, give me the data I need when I'm making the purchasing decision. So we looked at that problem. We said, cool, let's see, can we figure that one out? And if the answer to that is an API into all your merchants, all your suppliers, all your, your lumberyard, wherever you buy your material, if we had an API direct in, in, into these places, we could see livestock, availability, price, everything we need, we need to know so we can make an informed buying decision and we can line different suppliers, different merchants beside each other. The problem we face is when we went to the market with that, we had to educate what, what was an API and why you should have one. So the market was just not ready for that conversation. So what we, what we done was we went to the top level to companies like Hilti who are absolutely at, at this. They see it, they know where it's going. So we done a proof of concept with the likes of big brands like Hilti and Amazon. And basically what we've developed is a way and a portal whereby if you think about it, if, if you're in the procurement seat for a large contracting firm and the merchants are going online, there's nobody going to have a conversation that's going to have the thinks that that's not going to happen. It's absolutely happening right in front of us. We are, we, we are going to buy online. And what happens for me as the you know individual now in the procurement seat, do I really think it's a better way, a better efficient way for me to have five, six, 16 logins to all these different merchants? Or what we've developed is a way to bring that back to one place. So now I can start to, to, to connect to these, these merchants, these suppliers, I can have all my data in one position, but not only that, it's connected to the job site. So I can take the PODs, the invoices, and I can track the, the data on it too. Well, here, I know that you're going to, people are saying they're not ready for it, but I, I'm saying that if they're not, right, and brands like Hilti, look, I've had them on the show a bunch, right? And they are the most, one of the most innovative groups out there yeah. uh, across, the, across the construction world. And as you look at brands that can see that, right, those APIs, I say go back a step further, right? It, it goes back to if they can't figure out the, if those APIs can't link up to the, to the, to the total, total industry, you know, we're, we're really, we're, we're going to see effectively see the number one change, which is great that we could do it during estimating. Great. That's great. But the, even better than that is if we go back and we can do that in design, right? I mean, imagine that as we start to really develop via AI and we look at this and we want to be able to look at product availability, timing to get on the job site. As I, as I design a project, why would I not be able to go to an API that can communicate availability? So why design a product 
that I can't get when I get to when I'm when I'm on the other side of, of my design. Right. If I if I find out that I've got a, a 10 week schedule and it's a 52 week lead time, I'm gonna design something else in. Right. And the time in fact our business is plagued by those kind of, and what's going to happen is the brands and the vendors that can see that and jump on that with you and jump on that bandwagon and go, look, I'm going to provide you live data and live here. You'll know availability, timing, schedule, product specifications. Uh, by the way, we're also going to have you tied into uh, the metaverse. You know, we'll, we'll do 3D drawings of our of our products, every HVAC unit, every, every board length, every uh, sheet of plywood, every sheet of drywall. Uh, you know, we'll we'll break those down so that uh, you you're gonna get what really is gonna create the speed later on and the profitability, right? Because right? what's gonna drive those guys from from knowing uh, creating those APIs is knowing that hey, if I don't jump on now, I'm gonna miss the availab availability of being profitable, right? Because people that I work with don't have time to stop, call me, check into my thing. They, they, look, they want access. And, and the first they start providing that access, that they do it first and do it easily and do it thoroughly so that I can see the product and availability. And, and when I order something, how I can track it and get it delivered. You know, I mean, if you remember the different, and, I, and people are gonna, their ears are gonna bleed when I use this example. Uh, I say Uber was the difference between taxi driving and real clarity. Like I, I would order something and now I can see the driver coming to me. I know how much mm -hmm. I'm gonna pay when I, when, I, when I do it. Well, that's the same thing that has to happen in our business. I, I have to be able to design knowing, all right, look, I've got, uh, I've got that HVAC unit for this design, it's gonna work. And if I use that HVAC unit, I can pick this ductwork. And that ductwork is available in this timing. And then those need these hangers. I don't expect those hangers because they're not available. Oh, by the way, that doesn't integrate to the slab that I'm building. When Hilti, when I, when I use the Hilti machine, I wanna make sure the hangers I use for this unit and for the pipe hangers and for the duct hangers and for the gas lines, I can use the same hanger for. And having that availability and that knowledge uh, trans translate the whole business, that's that there, this is our opportunity like we've never had before. You know, in the old days, we'd, you know, guys would show up and go, oh, well, I've got different hangers. I can't, it just made it so archaic and every, we're kind of working against each other. We're starting to see the light right now. And, and your product is one of those products that really starts to show people the light that, you know, we don't have to be in the dark ages with info and, and try to figure this out with, with you have your spreadsheet, I have my spreadsheet. We don't, our spreadsheets don't communicate to each other. It's kind of a useless place to be. Yeah, I think I think COVID has played a big part in that. To be honest, I really, I really do. I think people had a chance um, to have a bit of a reset and a rethink. You know, is this the road we're going? Is this the right road we're going? Um, you know, a lot of on-premise solutions got found out when we couldn't actually access you know our key financial data because they were built on premise. Um, you know, that was that was an eye opener. We had a lot of inquiries come to us at that point and say. You know, we heard about cloud. We just never made the move to cloud. Now we realize how valuable cloud is. Um, so, you know, we, we, there was a lot of that going on. But even down to what we're doing today, you know, contractors, we've done a lot of face-to-face -face meetings, face-to-face -face onboarding. A lot of that would have happened. Um, it just doesn't happen anymore. We've got customers all around the world that, you know, happy just to sit online with us, have a conversation. I mean, we've got a very simple product. It doesn't take much to get, get them going, but it's, it's, it, you know, they're happy to just do it online, get it in, into their business and 
and move on. But I, I think COVID has been a, a really key factor for the industry and the, you know, the, the general day-to-day contractor saying, I should start to look at online. I start to ship myself online. And if you're not finishing in the next five to seven years, you know, and you're not online, you should start really having a look at what's out there because there's some really unique products that could solve a lot of problems. Well, if people aren't doing the data that you're, so what's, what's great about your data, it's not the material and the product data, right? It's the actual data that's happening on the job site. So this is how long this took to do. This is what I have where I have it. Your data that you're collecting is, what's great about your segment is it, it's potentially one of the most valuable uh, communicators to the rest of the of the process, right? Because here's how many people it took to hang this many sheets of drywall. Here's how here's how long it took to pour that footing. The actual data that relates to the day-to-day activities that happen on drives live, right? Actual live uh, continuous communication. Uh, that that part that you guys are developing. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say is as important, if not one of the most important part of being able to create the predictive indexes that we're going to need to do to really get uh, to take construction to the next level, right? To, to go to that, you know, to go to 24 hours a day, seven days a week and be able to build faster than we've ever done before and more profitable. We've got to get rid of the dark ages, right? How taking to do something, how many people does it take to do something? Uh, you know, uh, when I, when I, when I hire a team of people to come to a job site, what can I expect from them? That, dark ages that we still have, we still have this darkness out there. You're looking, does a crew come out and hang 15 sheets of drywall, 30 sheets of drywall? What's my expectation? That's got to go away because I can't develop schedules that will make everybody else profitable, right? Because if you show up to start painting and I haven't finished drywalling or mudding or taping and your crew's day is wasted, I just lost my, our margins are already thin enough. Right? I need to be able to communicate and continuously update everybody in this process to make sure that we stay on schedule. And then ultimately, I can count on, I'm going to be on this job site tomorrow and I'll be able to be really effective when I get there. Right, And I'll be able to get my job done in, in, at, at, at record paces because everything that I expected to be there was the way that I wanted it to be. Yeah, and I, 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 I think what, what we're digging into there is, is data. And, you know, historically, construction companies and contractors, let's be honest, we're not the best at going analyzing our data. So if you compare us to an industry, let's say, let's say marketing, for example, we've got a marketing team here, and I'm always impressed by how data-driven marketing decisions, like every decision that our marketing team make is a data-driven decision. I'm always impressed when I sit in a meeting with the marketing team, because they'll pull up a dashboard, let's say Google Analytics, we're going to make this decision because this is the the analytics that we're seeing. These are the click-through rates. This is what's happening on LinkedIn, and it's completely data-driven decisions and everything they do from a next campaign and what we're going to do next is based on what's happened previously. And I think about that and I bring that to my contractor world and I say, wow, well, what if the decisions we made as a company were based in a similar sense where we say we shouldn't do them types of projects because the last time we done that type of project, we didn't do too good. Or this is why we didn't do good. And these are the areas of the project we need to hone in on. Or when we do this type of work with this type of sub, it doesn't really work out too well for us. We need to look at this. So like I'm, we're big on data here and, you know, trying to avoid real key data. Even if you think back to what we touched on with the materials data, why are we buying our lumber from that particular supplier? Because every time we buy, we get an overcharge. We should change suppliers. 
you know, having that data in front of us. So it's, it's something we think about a lot as well. And when we, again, we think about the shift and just taking learnings from other industries. There's so much that we can take from them industries that we can apply to construction to make us do things a hell of a lot better than how we're doing them today. Well, I got to tell you, I honor you and, and the team over at Live Cost for, for the work that you're doing. It, it's, it's phenomenal. And uh, as you guys continue to make these leaps, right, and these big jumps and these big announcements that you're making, uh, you know, as, as you continue to do that, and I love it, it's out of, out of, out of Ireland, and, you, and the work that you're doing is, is amazing. Uh, as you continue to do that, I would love to uh, have you back on the show and, and, and keep showing off, uh, you know, because, look, it, it inspires, it, it's inspiring, right? It, your, your work that you're doing is inspiring the industry, and to me, that's what I want to do. I, I want us to be inspiring folks to do amazing things in this business because, look, it, it's it, without this construction world, the world that we see, the, 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 the beautiful cities that we have, the beautiful place, construction builds the amazing worlds. And the more data we collect, the smarter we do this at, the more beautiful they can, they can be every single day. And, and not only that, I think people love what they do a little bit more. And, and uh, you're, you guys are certainly breaking through that. Uh, uh, you know, if, if, uh, Karen, if, if people want to get a hold of you and your team and they want to get involved with uh, either working there or, or, or bring your product into their, their company, how do, they, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so livecost.com um, is is our website. You, you can c come through there and have a little look around at what we do. Uh, if people want to connect with me, uh, LinkedIn's probably the the, the, the best best place to find me. You can find me just by searching maybe truelivecost.com. You'll see me there. Um, but uh, yeah, that's probably the the best place to see us. And and likewise, I mean, there's a lot of great products that are doing great things in construction from a product point of view. But also the industry needs you know, shows like yourselves that are just spreading good, positive news stories about the industry. So kudos to you too for what, what, what you guys are doing over there. Thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, like I said, we'll have you on again. So uh, keep us up to date. And uh, I'd like to see you maybe the next six months come back out with uh, uh, your continued development. So thank, thanks for being on the show. And uh, we are grateful. Uh, hey, by the way, if you guys liked this show and, and really liked uh, what we talked about, uh, if you got inspired, could you do me a favor and just take a second right now and subscribe, right? We need that uh, to know that we're doing the right thing. If, if there's any comments you have about the show or something that we could do that would make, uh, that would, would make you happy, uh, let us know down in the comments. Please take a second right now and just do that for me. Uh, and if you really like the show, please subscribe for us and uh, hit that little bell because uh, uh, it, it means the world to us. Uh, to have uh, our listeners uh, continue doing that. And we're grateful. Thanks again for being on the show. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montegi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.